is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 72. Today's show is going to be a little different than our usual shows. Instead of having one guest, we're going to invite some of our Patreons to chat with us about a few requested topics. Today's panel is Sean Heron and I'm Ava Flannell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you need more whiskey or I think coffee? I, I, need, I think I need all of the Coffee, above. whiskey. Yeah, a nap, coffee, <laughs> a nap. whiskey. <laughs> That's basically why we've included our Patreons on today's show, because with the holidays... I think the holidays kind of got a little bit of the best of us these last couple of days, and no, uh, I'm fine. Not me. I'm not. I'm not yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm totally. I'm well adjusted. Fine. No, no problem whatsoever. Anyway, so I thought maybe our <laughs> patrons could just run the show. Well, now, okay. Don't let's not be ridiculous. But I'll tell you what we'll do first is we're going to do an ad read, and then we're going to get into it, introduce everyone that's on, and uh, we'll we'll talk about some topics that we that we put down and see what everyone thinks. Let's do it. So Manicore Arms, you know that we're uh, having a party with them at SHOT Show? Yeah, I do know, actually. So if you guys, oh, oh, you're invited. Well. You're hosting it with mm, me. Yeah. And Manicore Arms. Yeah, we like shooting uh, Gun Funny and Manticore Arms in that order. Okay. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, we are throwing a party at SHOT Show. If you guys are coming, you should definitely uh, hit us up for details. It's going to be that Wednesday evening. And uh, right now, Manicore, I mean, they're always doing stuff. Yeah, Sven's, Sven's a pretty busy guy. He's uh, been working with SB Tactical. They put out that, what is it, the, the CZ PDW brace uh, with some parts designed and manufactured by Manticore Arms. My favorites are always the Transformer Rail. I really love the Scorpion Evo Bullpup kit that, that Sven designed in conjunction with CZ USA, and that'll be coming out very, very soon in the new year. I think this show comes out on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. Uh, so the New Year's all, right around the corner. Those kits are going to go for about 400 bucks. But if you want a new rail for your rifle, check out the Manticore Arms Transformer Rail. All right, good stuff. Check out Manticore Arms at manticorearms.com. Coupon code is? GunFunny15. That gets you 15% off. All right. So should I play the Deconstructing the Industry? Uh, yeah. We'll deconstruct the Patreons. All right. Let's do it. Learn the things you never knew. On deconstructing the industry. Uh, right, so, I just I just took that shot. Uh, I know. that you gave me. I don't know what that is. It's whiskey. It's like it's bourbon whiskey. Never buy whiskey because the bottle looks cool. Yeah, but look, it was a gift. It was sent to the studios, so I'm going to drink it. All right. So first off, we've got. One, two, three, four, five Patreons on with us. I'm going to go through the list in order of appearance on my screen. And uh, Josh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I... Um, Just kidding. Don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I, uh, I grew up absolutely obsessed and loving firearms. All the scary kind, the black, evil kind. I don't knock into like any kind of hunting rifles or anything like that, but... Uh, yeah, an 80s action movie, Firearms, and I became a Gun Funny Patreon a couple months ago, I think, and then shortly after, a We Like to Shooting Show episode, Patreon supporter too, and yeah, here I am. <laughs> Very cool, man. What's uh, I guess we'll get into favorite guns and stuff later. I'll move down. Robert, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, behind enemy lines in California. Yay. Yay. Uh, I've been shooting about, about 10 years, 10 to 12 years, uh, fairly new. And I heard gun funny on, uh, 
Ben and Jason's oh skill set, skill set. yeah a skill set podcast. Very and cool. I came man. here and became a Patreon. Awesome. And I listen to We Like Shooting now too. What? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Rodin, tell us about yourself. Um, Rodin, I'm also from California. I don't know when my gun obsession start started. I've been obsessed forever. I'm into uh, you know, all the cool stuff that we could actually get and recently long range stuff. Very cool, man. Uh Ryan, tell us about yourself. Oh, uh, I grew up playing, you know, cowboys and Indians in the backyard with my buddies and oh, wait, how did, the Air Force. how did that go if you're Asian? Hey, okay. It's imagination. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I joined the Air Force right out of high school, did two tours and got out, kind of had a shaky start right out of the military, find work, but now I'm working construction, funding my uh, obsession of guns. I've actually followed a Instagram account, uh, elite fire training for a while. Was this thing funny like that? I actually listened to it. I was like, oh, shit, this is actually fun. Nice. That's awesome, man. Uh, Tate, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Tate. I'm a gun, gear, and EDC uh, addict, and I've been using for um, <laughs> as long as I can remember. Welcome. It's, it's welcome. become a serious problem. Nah, I'm sure you're fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, if you were looking okay. for a support group, this is the wrong place. Because yeah. we're like, no, go buy more. You're fine. Oh, you're okay. Crap. Manicorms.com, coupon code GUNFUNNY15. <laughs> Tate, you're talking to your dealers right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I am. Exactly. We are the gateway drug. One, just just one more hit. One more hit. That's all <laughs> no. I need. Just one more. <laughs> it's just fine. All right. So of the topics that we have, uh, we have quite a few of them. The first one is stigmas behind certain guns. Uh, clearly the gun industry can become quite fractured. People kind of choose which hill they're going to die on and they go defend it at all costs. Um, we've got, you know, like high points and some people love Tauruses and all kinds of other things, but I kind of wanted to discuss, or this is actually Ava's question, but I'm assuming that she just wanted to no, kind of discuss. This uh, isn't, this isn't my question. Somebody suggested it on the Patreon group. Oh, great. Yeah. I don't know who, but I mean, I know for a fact, like in our group, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people actually that like AKs and then there's people that always, you know, tag the AK guys and the AK memes and make fun of them. And they're kind of mean, but you know, luckily it's a thick skin group and, and we can handle it. So um, when we talk about stigmas, it's really like, you know, why, why do we think that that kind of stuff happens? Like, why do you have to be AR or AK? Um, why, why can't it really be both? And well, I don't know, Sean. I mean, why do you have to be like high point? <sighs> Let's start with you. I mean, I think that high points have a bad rap. I think they have a pretty fantastic warranty. They are manufactured 100% in the United States. They're ugly. They're clunky. They're not really fun or comfortable to shoot. But if you need to put a bullet in a bad guy, like, do we really carry the delivery mechanism as long as it works? I think that's kind of how I feel a little bit about it. And I guess maybe just uh, anyone have any op opinions on high points? Well, the important thing is looking cool. If you have a high point, you don't look cool. Sorry. Uh, well, no, you do if you, you know, if you turn it to its side and start shooting. Okay, I guess that. Yeah, you've just been doing it wrong. I mean, have you seen the social media bombs that they put out? I mean, they're they're pretty they're pretty fantastic. They gather crowds. They definitely do. <laughs> they really. I do. feel like that's what's keeping them afloat is people buy them just for laugh. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're, they're a mean gun for sure. <laughs> is it like more more of a novelty at this point? I no, don't think so. I think I I do think that there's a lot of beginners that don't know that much about guns and they do buy them because they're cheap and they just don't know any better. Um, I definitely, you know, 
like so my mm-hmm. my dad who has a gun store he like wasn't it the other it, night yeah, we had dinner with night. him and he's like oh yeah i saw a lot of high points you know i never had anybody return them and he's like old school mm-hmm. <laughs> so i don't think that they're away. like the worst gun out there no and i think i think it very much is that kind of like looking cool feeling cool kind of thing but i actually had a dude come to a i was teaching uh in southern colorado to a uh a school group of administrators and teachers and everything like that. And then when we got to the range, one of the dudes brought a high point and a nylon holster. And, uh, one of the, I was lead instructor. One of the other guys was like, Oh, we got, we'll let him borrow one of ours. And I was like, why? Like, this is his gun. This is the gun he has. Let's, let's let him use it in the class. And he used it and he did well with it. And it, it didn't have any problems. And like, look, I'm not saying that's exactly how it always goes, but I've got five high points and one of them actually has a fuck ton of problems. I bought it used. Uh, I need to send it back, but otherwise, other than that, the rest of them are pretty much flawless. What yeah, I mean, I think they're great for you know everyone should be able to um, defend themselves, and it shouldn't be like, well, if you don't have money, you can't defend yourself. You mm-hmm. know, and if they work, I have nothing against them. You know. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a good point. Yeah, you don't have to go out and buy the most expensive gun, and a lot of times the most expensive gun is not going to be the most reliable. So. Yeah, I'm not true. saying I'd really trust my life with a high point. I don't know. I don't. I personally don't own any. <laughs> my but, opinion is, is, if you need it now, go buy a high point. If yeah. It's an but if you're gonna buy a handgun, don't buy it because it's cheap. If you can save up two hundred, three hundred dollars for a handgun, and you're like, oh, that's all I can afford. Well, you've already saved up two or three hundred. Go save up two hundred, three, two hundred or three hundred more, and buy a better firearm. It's like, well, and they also have some pretty competitively priced firearms out there right now like even like the first gen the smith and wesson mmp shield i've seen that for like 250 brand new yeah and those things are getting really cheap they are and it's i mean that's a good gun like it's very stiff out of the box but as far as like how it operates and reliability i think it you know it shoots it shoots really well so or it's used like, guns used guns you can get used guns for really cheap too any pawn shop yeah yeah but I think you gotta, you kind of have buyer, to. The first time buyer might be like hesitant on buying like a used gun. Yeah. Well, and they also think that you know, what if this gun was used in a crime, and which isn't really. I mean, yeah. even if it was, it's not going to get tracked back to you. Are you kidding me? I paid double for one. Uh, You're right. <laughs> Drop gun. <laughs> I'm uh, trying like, to think what other guns do. Taurus. I think yeah. Taurus. Kimber. Is a, a Kimber. Okay. Well, Kimber's trash. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like Kimber's used to be pretty great, right? Like Kimber's have mm-hmm. a ton of what Kimber has is a gorgeous 1911. And what they used to have is one that ran pretty damn, pretty damn well. But I think that what we've seen is kind of, I don't know, throughout the years, they've lost a little bit of their Q and A and they just kind of produce jam factories, which I've seen in person many times. Like I can't even say that it's a myth. Like I've seen a lot of Kimber's fail in new well, and interesting ways. The quality for quantity. They're just putting them out now. Yeah. And I think a lot of the Kimber owners are the kind that, oh, it looks pretty and it's going in the shave safe and it'll be worth a whole bunch someday. And that's just kind of the stereotypical quote unquote FUD of the Kimbers is they buy them because they look pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going back to the high point thing, though, I don't think I would I've ever uh, held a 1911 that I would trust with my life either. But that's just me. Like maybe I've never come across one that's like ran every single time. The 1911? 1911 fan. Yeah. So, Me either. I mean, I think 
like I think anybody who owns a bunch of guns, like that a 1911 is just like kind of like that staple gun that you have in your collection. Right. Um, mm-hmm. As far as self-defense, I mean, I haven't really had any issues. I haven't had any issues with mine. You used to, didn't you say you used to carry one, Sean? Actually, yeah. So because I don't know, I'm, I'm a contrarian, which means that whatever popular opinion is, I try to do the opposite and prove them wrong. So actually one of my first carry gun was an officer model, 19, 1911, uh, Rock Island Armory. I shot it a bunch. Like I literally shot it until the lug on my barrel broke and then they replaced it because they do have a good warranty. Um, but that was thousands and thousands and thousands of rounds. And then after I got that one, I loved it so much that I bought a full size Rock Island Armory 1911 and I actually shot single stack USPSA with that thing uh, for an entire year straight. I was shooting at least at the very minimum one match a week for the entire year. I never once cleaned it. I never once had a, I, I mean, I had occasionally like a fail defeat or something just because it was dirty and it actually finally stopped working completely would no longer extract anything. And when I did a detail strip on it, when I pushed out the, um, uh, the extractor, carbon. there was like a carbon tube that filled that entire channel that, that should have been just empty air in a spring. So, I mean, I pushed that thing until it broke and it took an entire year. Now, did it have the occasional malfunction? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe I'd say one out of every four matches, I would have a malfunction that cost me a stage or something like that. But, you know, carrying a 1911 and shooting one often and regularly for an entire year, I, I'm pretty confident in the platform. I want to so, know. Sean, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Roden, sorry. I was going to ask Sean, what made you decide to switch over to striker, striker fire? Um, because I learned more about guns and I was like, this is, you know, eight rounds of 45 is cool. But what if I could carry 17 rounds of nine millimeter and, and shoot production USPSA? And that just kind of made me do that. And really it was kind of like a lack of knowledge, but I'm really glad I did it because it, it kind of taught me a lot about 1911s. And it taught me a lot about 1911s in ways that people don't normally get to do it because a lot of people have opinions and they have zero real world experience, but like I have it, like I shot it a lot and I carried it and I put my life on the line for it. And uh, I would still carry either one of those guns any day of the week if I, if I needed to protect, protect myself. Okay. So I want to know what everyone, what, what is their go-to gun that they use for self-protection? Uh, Mine is in the house. Or either or. Uh, we'll say we'll say carry. Uh, and Ryan, go first. Uh, Security nine by Ruger. I carry this thing every day. I actually went and shot that competition with uh, John Snow with it, and it did pretty damn good. Yeah, because how long have you had that? You got that in the last couple of months, and you said you haven't had any issues, right? Uh, yeah, I had one issue, which was a double feed, and that was after about twenty two hundred rounds of just like shit cheap ammo. Wow. So that's another gun that is really pretty affordable. It's like what, like three hundred dollars or something? Uh, yeah. After tax, I walked out for the three sixty-five, something like that. Nice. And the weird thing about that one is, I've heard a lot of people shit on that one as well. But I think it's again people that don't really have a whole lot of experience with that specific gun, hearing things online, watching reviews. They probably just see that cheap uh, price tag and they're like, "Yeah, oh, that's gotta be garbage." Yeah, because we well, we when they came out, we messed around with it at the range, and I was actually I thought it like the trigger actually wasn't bad. It was really easy to operate. It felt nice in your hand. But once you hit that wall, it's just a nice crisp break. The reset is nice, but it's functional. Yeah. Yeah. I think it felt like cheap shit though. Like, no, I thought you, you even said you were like, Oh, this feels really nice. Was that the one that was, it was FTE. Is it? 
Oh, no, the one I remember is is black. We are Whistling Pines. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And you were like, I'm actually really impressed with this gun. Yeah, we actually, so we shot it at SHOT Show as well. And I think I thought it felt cheap, but then the one over at Whistling Pines we really liked. So, yeah. Uh, Tate. Yeah. Tate, go ahead. What I, what do you carry? I carry an H&K USP oh. with a LEM light trigger in it in a black and concealment TCS outside the waistband holster. Notice how proud Tate sounds when he says that. I know. He's I carry an H&K. Okay, fanboy, sit Heckler down. and Co. USP, <laughs> manufactured 1999. Such a hipster. <laughs> hey, I paid two high points for that gun. Dang. That's, that's actually a really good deal. Yeah. Those aren't cheap. <laughs> yep. Uh, Robert, I don't know. You're in California. Not sure what part you're in, but if you do carry... Yeah, I'm in California, and unfortunately, I'm in one of the worst counties to get a concealed carry. You cannot get a concealed carry in my county. That sucks. Well, yep. Do you own a gun, or do you just do. live vicariously through us? <laughs> no, I, I do. I have a. I actually built a polymer eighty. Oh, nice. And have a, a billet um, aluminum lower that I milled out to on my own, eighty percent. Very nice. They are. Uh, Roden, I, I'm not sure if you carry, but if you if you do, what? If you could, what? Yeah, when I'm out of state, I guess, I've carried the 19. I would probably only carry the 19 only because of the size. That's probably the biggest I could comfortably carry. Uh, but the MMP Shield, that is a very nice pistol and very comfortable to carry. And I also carry in a Black Rhino uh, appendix style. And I never thought appendix would work for me, but it really does yeah it's it's not too bad why didn't you think yeah. it would work for you i'm not the skinniest person my body is weird <laughs> okay and i, have, I, I was have just like gonna these... say because we've met in person the last time we went to california that's you know that's when i met you and uh when you said you carry a glock 19 i'm like well don't you have to be a bigger guy to carry like a you know no, i'm kidding i, I hide it well <laughs> but you definitely are not fat i got like He's a kind weird of a twig mm. are you skinny got... fat I got like a weird shape, so like three o'clock, there's no way it it would work because it would just stick out too much. It right, looks, it looks very awkward. Uh, but appendix is awesome because like when I sit down, I just like pull my pants up a little bit. The handle, I guess you would call it, uh, sits about like uh right under the chest area, and it's like I'll forget. Uh, you could forget while you're driving. Well, in my case, yeah. <laughs> so mine actually kind of digs into the top of my. Grundle area. I don't really know. Grundle. Yeah. Grundle. I don't know. It, it, like I do carry appendix on occasion. I'd say like, I don't know, 50, 50. I kind of switch back and forth depending on what I'm wearing. And yeah, it's not bad, man. I, I don't mind appendix at all. Actually. Does your magazine uh, hit your stomach? Cause like you carry the, the heron, right? You yeah, I do. Yeah. So no, it, it, I think it everything actually, hits Sean's stomach. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> it actually, uh, it doesn't. So here's what I do on the Heron holster. So the, the magazine side clip, I actually had them send me a longer, one of the longer clips. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's about two inches longer and I actually jam the magazine down, uh, right at, right at the belt line of my pants. Uh, oh, smart. yeah. So that way, actually, when I draw, it pops it out a little bit, but even if uh-huh. it didn't, I could reach in and grab that with no problem. Cool. And uh, they'll, they'll send out the clips or, I mean, you can literally buy them off Amazon or whatever. Um, 
that doesn't work for everybody though. So it's, it's kind of, that's why they don't have them like that a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, I was kind of messing around and one day I left the clip off and just kind of pushed the magazine side way down deep. And I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is really comfortable for me. And it helps me carry in a way that, uh, that I'm super comfortable with. I feel like it's one of those things that you can't just like get off the shelf. Like you have to, you have to have that bag of like holsters that, that didn't work for you, but like you, you got to find what you like, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely tough. Like, you you definitely go through a lot of holsters before you yeah. find something you like. Josh, what do you carry? I carry, depending on the time of year, what I'm wearing, a uh, Bulgarian Makarov PM or a CZ75BD. But I got to say, I absolutely love Tate's HK because that LEM trigger is the shit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you guys, you guys all decided to meet up. And, and Oh, yeah, and I was there, too, remember? <laughs> I just well, Josh, didn't. Josh didn't have. Uh, Roden, say that one more time. Oh, oh, kidnapped Josh. Oh yeah, you guys kidnapped him. Yeah, that's awesome. Josh, how'd you feel and about were... that? What was that? I said, how did you feel about getting kidnapped? Oh, I was uh, quite surprised because they're both two hairy men, and I thought it was going to turn out differently. <laughs> <laughs> well. Do you guys? Do you ever think it's like weird? Like you become friends on the internet, and then you meet up with your internet friends, and yeah. is it like? Do you ever like picture it being a little bit different, or are you like, oh, I didn't actually expect that person to be that type in real life? I picture if- Jon Snow as a very old man. <laughs> a very old cranky man. Yeah, I did. But and he's- then when I actually met him, I was like, oh shit, he's like just a couple years older than me. And yeah. Yeah, like weird. I was just going to say, because yeah, because Ryan, you've been up with John, and uh, John's like, I'm in my 30s and you're, he's like, he's our age. Uh, like, I mean, I've met- like, I was looking for the old guy in the group and I thought I found him, but then he <laughs> walks up. It's like, hey, you're Ryan, right? Like, who are you? Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I mean, I've met four out of the six of you guys here, and you all say that again. I've met four out of the six of you guys here. All been met what I imagined. Yeah, not what you imagined. No, exactly what I imagined. Except for Joshua, I expected Josh to be like twenty years old, but turns out he's like forty. Twelve. <laughs> we thought he was twelve. Yeah. Yeah. So I will say, yeah, Josh definitely looks a lot younger than he is. <laughs> I thought I was like, wait, can we allow twelve year old can we allow like minors in the group? As long I was, as he has a debit card to pay his Patreon. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> exactly, you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of like meeting people and becoming friends, like my best friend on this planet uh is Aaron and my friend Aaron. And we we literally met, I don't know, fifteen years ago trolling people on the internet. We were <laughs> we were in like a, a a crafting group that people were showing off knitting and stuff and we just started trolling the shit out of them. We were like, Oh hey, you're funny. And fast forward to today, we're business partners and like best friends. Love at first sight. Yeah. Exactly. That's cool. Well, I mean, genesis of the internet. <laughs> Unlike you guys, like I was pretty popular in high school. So like I didn't spend a lot of time on the internet and I never thought I'd have internet friends. <laughs> and now that's all you have. And now that's all I have. <laughs> okay. It is time to hear from Hackett Equipment. Rodin, you recently got one of the Hackett equipment bags. I did. It's it's fantastic. I won it from the Patreon group, and uh, this thing is amazing. It's like small, but I kept putting pistols in there, and I couldn't fill the thing up. <laughs> and you got the you got the EDC bag, so it's not even like they actually make a bigger bag, the Big Bertha. 
but you got I can't, the. I can't even imagine how big the Big Bertha would be. Oh, this is supposed to be the small one. And yeah. It's like, it's endless room. All right. Well, I'll give you an idea. You know how big Sean is, right? Yeah. So Sean could almost fit in that bag. The Big Bertha. No, really? We could, we could actually name Sean Big Bertha from now on. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's also really like well thought out because it doesn't just like flop over it's not like you just throw stuff in there yeah everything has like its own section everything could be strapped down uh i i love it it's amazing and it's nice too because like you being in california i'm sure you can't just walk around with like a tactical bag right well like, yeah you probably prefer not to and this thing does not look like a tactical bag it's got all the features but it just looks like a slick like over the shoulder backpack you know you'd never know yeah very cool if you would like your own you can go to hackett equipment that's h-a-c-k-e-t-t equipment.com and ava what's the code gun funny 20 and that gets you 20 percent off boom all right we are back with the listeners the patreons all the folks let's uh let's move on to the next question actually can i can we talk about ak's versus ar's yeah that is the next question because I know that there are quite a few AK fans here, and there's also quite a few AR fans. And it seems like we always have this, you know, this little debacle or whatever, debacle. Debate. Yeah, whatever. Debacle. We have this debacle. I was trying to say tobacco. <laughs> okay, that's great. Uh-huh. Uh, it's always on the Patreon page. It's um, always on the internet. Well, like- yeah, yeah. And I mean, we've kind of dipped a little bit in the AK side. Mm-hmm. We definitely have way more ARs, but we're getting into AKs a little bit. But guys, like, what do you like about them? About AKs and ARs? I'll start. I love the AK because of the inefficiency of it, the the clunkiness. I the I don't like high speed, low drag stuff. Like, if I gotta like move my hand to operate it, I want that. I want it to be. When I shoot it, I want the gun to move around. I don't want it to stay in one spot. I want movement. I want to be doing things to operate it. I don't want to be on, sitting in one spot with an AR and just go pink, 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 pink. That's just boring to me. Oh, All right. Okay. So now that we know more about your sex life. Well, wait. Hold on a second. So, <laughs> so I'm just over here like, okay, so you like AKs because they suck. Like, yeah. I mean, that's that's basically yeah. what you're saying. And I'm okay with that. Like, if you would have been saying that the whole time, I would have been great. But well, you're like, yeah. AKs are so much better. No, AKs are yeah. way worse, and you like them <laughs> because you like to you like complicatedness. They're like better because they're worse. Okay, <laughs> that's amazing. Like, why didn't you just say that months yeah. ago? That would have been that would have ceased all debates because everyone could feel superior over you. <laughs> and... I can still outshoot him with an AK. <laughs> all right, Josh, where do you stand? Oh, geez, I'm completely divided because, like, I. Uh... I fanboy with AKs a lot, but depending on the setup, if it's both equal quality parts and accessories put onto these rifles and they're both from great brands, then I can, it just depends on what the ammo availability is really. I couldn't really say which one I like better, to be honest. The uh, AK is a lot nicer when you have to clean it. AR feels really nice to shoot. If I had my choice, if it was like the end of the world, and ammo wasn't an issue, I'd probably choose my AK just because it's fun. <laughs> all right. I'll- and is it fun for the same reasons that Tate said? Because it's just kind of clunky and all over the place? <laughs> no, uh, mine's not really that clunky, I don't feel like. And I don't really feel like I'm at a disadvantage with either one of them. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because my AK is not 
clunky necessarily. Yeah, I don't know where the hell sh- I don't know where like Tate's getting <laughs> tr- his the trash can. Yeah, yeah, apparently. But actually, no. I mean, it, it does make sense. Like, yeah, I, I get what he's saying. It's like the there's there is something more mechanical about the AK. Um, it's more pure. It's more fun. All right, that's fair. Robert, where do you stand on this argument? Uh, I have ARs. I like the ARs. I actually bought a bunch of Polymer 80 stuff, and I have my billet one. Um, I've shot an AK once. It, it was a weird AK, though. It's uh, It had like a, almost a shotgun-like style where you had to rack it like a shotgun to get the, the bullet in. So that's the only AK I've ever shot. I've never shot a real one. Nice. You must add one of the the California compliant. Uh, I think they're Norinkos. Yeah, yeah. Those I'm are kind of rare. Sure what it was? It's my buddy. He owns it, and uh, I I've had ARs. I built my AR. I bought an AR, and then I built my AR. And well, before California's whole ban, I got pretty good with a with a bullet button. But now that you don't have the bullet button, you have to do the break the, action. Yeah, yeah break disassemble. Action. Yeah. Crazy. And I haven't been out to shoot mine since then. Dang, that's that 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 just made me so sad. Right? Oh, it's it's horrible. Roden, where do you fall on this argument? So I'm like, um, I think each uh, platform has its own advantages. I do like the AK design and just how reliable it is. Like, uh, Tate will like kick his um charging handle and like rack it, you know. And yeah, it it's it's a uh, it's reliable, but the thing is, like, he also owns an AK that I've never shot. I mean, an AR that I've never shot an AR like this before. It has the transformer rail on it. It's light, and it has, like, a six-power optic on it. It has eight. this muzzle brake. Oh, eight. It has this uh, muzzle brake and uh, trigger on it. that I've never shot an AR that flat, that fast, and he's like, see, it's boring. It's it's too efficient. <laughs> and it's like, it is. that doesn't make sense. And I do understand, like, he wants to have fun. He wants to hear the boom. He wants to hear the clicks and, like, the – I get that. But as far as, like, a superior platform, I mean, the AR is just so flat and it's just there. I feel like the ergonomics and everything about it, just the design is just there. Nice. The AR is the automatic transmission and the AK is a manual transmission. Right. That's, that's I was going to bring that it. up. I was, I was going to say, yeah, I guess you prefer um manual, but this is, like – in a life and death, you know, where you need to, you need to, uh, multi engage multiple targets fast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's awesome. Spray and pray, baby. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's an excellent, excellent. All right. Simma down. Ryan, where do you stand? Mainly ARs. Like I've shot plenty of AKs and they're okay. Uh, just with the AR, like I am looking for that streamlined thing. Like, like the AR I have that I just put that different handguard on, it's 600 yards easy, like just back to back. Like it's boring, but it's satisfying just knowing that you can peg out to 600 yards without, you know, flinching. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to mimic a lot what Roden said, but it's just, it, it is a superior platform. And I don't want to say the AKs are bad because they're not. They're, they're useful for what they are, but I just prefer the AR because it's what I know. It's streamlined plus the ammo is a lot lighter. All right. That's fair. Ava. I mean, probably ARs. I do like the AK, though, that I have. Like, it shoots pretty well. And I do like that ammo so cheap. Yeah, dirt dirt cheap. Yeah, and it, like, it basically shoots anything. And mm-hmm. it is. It's, like, super reliable. So, 
I don't know. But then I look at like some of the ARs I have that are like five pounds and they weigh like very like next to nothing. They, you know, just shoot really well and just I, I could see I, I like I don't know, I like shooting both. But yeah. I guess I do prefer an AR. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that Tate brought up the automatic versus manual transmission because I feel a little bit like that. I feel like the AK is kind of the muscle car, whereas the AR is kind of the newer, um, you know, fan- fancy hot rod type can car. I, can I just add, like, to this day, I still don't know how to drive a, a manual. Oh, I know. My mom tried to teach me, but it just kind of turned a little. Yeah. We all got whiplash quite a few a- Everyone times. got mad. No one got happy. Yep. <laughs> you know, Tate said something very uh, interesting the other day. It's, he said that the AK is not an over-the-counter <laughs> rifle. It's not anymore. Right. I think that was the best way to put it because you can't just buy an AK from just anybody. You have to know exactly who you're buying from and what it entails. Yeah, I mean, to a point. So, again, like I think it's a muscle car. If I had to pick what is the superior platform, like – it's a no brainer for me. It's absolutely AK. AK is a superior platform. It it has been the, it has been the stalwart. It has killed more people on this earth than probably any other firearm. Um, it's a 30 caliber bullet. It's, it will run no matter what you can make it out of a shovel and it's going to run. And I, I think that's awesome. I enjoy shooting the AR platform more. And I think that if you have a good one, it's, it's great. I think that, a lot of AK people don't like the AR platform and say that, oh, the AR platform has a ton of problems because people go out and assemble build their own. And honestly, like, it's not hard to put together an AR, but it is hard to put together an AR that works really well or harder, I should say. But you can't just go out and do that with an AK. Like, you have to have specialized tools and knowledge to be able to replace the barrel on your AK to replace the muzzle device because most of them don't even aren't, aren't crowned and threaded. Yeah. So I think that uh, people like the AR platform just because it's easier to get in at the bottom level and and assemble build your own without a whole lot of specialized tools, knowledge, or experience. But yeah, I, I think the AK like they run no matter what. They run everything no matter what. Now my ARs, they're awesome. Like I have very few problems with my ARs just because they have good good parts and you know they were put together well. But I think if I had to pick a superior platform, AK. If I had to pick the one that I like to shoot the most, it's AR. Let's talk about built yeah. versus bought firearms. Ooh. I think that that, that kind of, you know, that's perfectly. a good, yeah. Anybody want to start with that? Well, I got a lot of opinions about that subject. Do it, All man. right, we'll yeah. go. Josh and I were talking about that yesterday. Fuck. <laughs> Perfect. Like, okay, ARs are great firearms. Reliable and accurate. You won't have any issues with them as long as you know what you're doing and what you're supposed to be, what parts you're supposed to be using. You can't just go to different manufacturers and buy parts because they're cheap because you might get a bolt carrier that's made in China and you don't really know how long that's going to last you. But if you buy from quality people like Arrow, BCM, CMMG, they also make OEM parts, you're probably not going to ever have a problem. And if it's chrome line where it should be and it's made out of the proper metals, you're probably not going to have any issue. And I think that's the problem with AK guys is they don't see a lot of people with quality ARs. They probably see people with bottom line Anderson kind of shit. And that's probably where the stigma comes from. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Uh, Someone else started to speak up as well. What do you think uh, on built versus bot, whoever was talking? Oh, that might've been me. Yeah, I think Uh, it was. Yeah. I prefer built because, you know, I don't want to buy an AR then 
immediately switch out a bunch of parts. So I'm going to start from the ground up. And I love how Josh mentioned Anderson Lowers because I just buy Anderson Lowers. I know because I think we all just automatically yeah. thought of you because you showed a few of the guns that you built and they were with Anderson Lowers. All Andersons, baby. Can I, can um, I, can I say one thing real quick? Literally in the safe in the office, I have an AR-15 that I, a sim built myself. It has a proof research barrel and an Anderson oh, lower receiver. Fancy. Sacrilegious. <laughs> uh, no, I, I've never had an issue with Anderson lowers, and it's funny that Anderson actually manufactures lowers for a lot of these other you know, high-profile companies. I can't remember which one's off the top of my head, but um, where was I going with this? The AR, like I prefer to build it because I've bought an AR and immediately just swapped out all the parts, all the furniture, all the stuff. So why not start from the ground up? I know what parts are going in it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's not going to be you know a Gucci AR like you know some of the ones on the market, but. It's reliable. Like all my ARs, I can go 4,000 rounds between cleaning them and never have an issue. Yeah. I, and I, I can totally agree with that. And like, I don't think lowers are as important. No, um, it's not a high pressure, uh, piece. It's exactly. Just, like if anything, group. exactly. Like if anything, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to build a gun, there's things that you can kind of pick and choose that you can kind of go cheap on. And then there's things that are a lot more, um, uh, more important. Like I think all of the internal parts for me, like a trigger. I would prefer, I, I hate stock triggers. I'm kind of a trigger snob barrel, you know? I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of things that you can kind of skip and pick and choose, but uh, there's, yeah, I'm not going to just, I actually, I don't even think I own a stock AR. No, I don't think, I was going to say, I think your first one we put together. Yeah. So what would be a decent trigger, drop-in trigger for an AR? Because I, like, I have a stock CMMG. Beautiful. Yeah, I would say... What is your what is your budget and what is your purpose? Um, mainly just uh, plinking, you know, target shooting. He wants to be an operator. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> if, if like budget is an issue and and you're just gonna kind of go to the range and mess around with it, like I don't like CMC triggers, but I know a lot of people do, and they're like ninety nine bucks. I don't like them. I I have not had good luck with them so far. But they're a good entry level. I think Hyperfire, they actually have an entry level trigger that's at about 99 bucks. Hyperfire personally is my favorite triggers on the planet. Love um, them. Yeah. Uh, Tate actually, uh, Roden was just preaching about your AR and you have a Hyperfire in that. Yep. He, he loves the Hyperfire 24C with the, the VG6, uh, mm-hmm. ellipse and muzzle brake combo. Like the thing doesn't move and you can pretty much shoot that as fast as you possibly could. Yeah. Everything about that trigger, um, Sean has been telling me, or like, uh, he's been talking about that trigger on the podcast for years. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many years I've been listening to Sean's podcast, but I was always the, you know, well, guys leave this and guy, and I love, I have three guys, least I really like them, but I can't explain it. The hyper fire was just fast. Like just fast. And this, it was just a few months ago that you shot it for the first time, right? Cause you can't get those in California. I no, no, um, I'm not sure about the legalities on getting them. Um, I'm sure you can, but there is like an extra like two. Sp- okay, so it, it could go into the trigger activator category, like by our state definition. It also might not, but they'll never define that. It, they'll they'll just say it's up to the district. What the fuck DA. is a trigger That's- activator? I thought that was your finger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but like uh, anything that like makes you go. F- Faster, I guess. Oh, Might. Wow. wow. And like with the, with the guys, it's like, well, they're just two springs. Like 
regular springs and with the hyperfire. I think Sean, there's like two more, right? Oh no, there's like six models. Uh, but I think you might be okay with, they have two, they have one that's just basically their improved, uh, mill spec and that's like 99 bucks. But then they also have their duty trigger, which has a six pound trigger pull. Um, it just uses some of the hyperfire technology. And I'll tell you one of the best things about hyperfire is not how smooth it is, how great the reset is, how great the break is or how fast you can shoot it. One of the best things about the hyperfire is that it's got increased hammer fall energy, which doesn't sound like it might be that important. But when you're talking about all the different ammo that you can buy and you may have hard primers, you may have soft primers, it doesn't matter because hyperfire, that hammer falls harder than any other hammer on the market. And it's going to pop the primer on anything uh, that you put in front of it. Yeah, I believe it has a 30% higher velocity. Yeah. What was the, who asked the question? Uh, is the hyperfire like a trigger pack or is it one that's just, you know, disassembled? You put in with the pins. It is not a cartridge style or a cassette style. It is, you actually put it, put in the pins and actually installation's a little bit more difficult than, than a stock trigger. Uh, just because you actually have to put two arms on and then springs on those arms and then a ballast that goes across both of them and you have to compress it down and put it down into the, into the hammer. Jesus. Uh, it also has this pad like a shoe that like your finger finds itself like at the right spot every single time. Okay. Yeah. And that, that's on some of them. And I, I actually love the shoe. Uh, love it a lot. So now, Robert, I I know you said that you had done some polymer 80 stuff, so you've done some 80% stuff. How much satisfaction did you get out of kind of doing all that stuff yourself? Uh, a lot of satisfaction. I mean, that's what I, my first gun was a Glock 22 and then I sold that to buy my, I bought a full upper slide for my, for my polymer 80, but I wanted to learn more and that was the best way for me was to learn how to build it. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I've done 80% lower receivers. I've done both polymer and aluminum and man, it it was a lot of work. Like it, it took a bit, but there was definitely some satisfaction out of it. I'm trying to remember where mine even is. What, what gun that's on? He lost it. Maybe uh, it's probably just deep in the <laughs> Maybe, safe. Maybe, but it doesn't matter. It's not serialized. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not my fault. <laughs> no, just kidding. I would never do that. My but, bag may or may not have come with a polymer 80 pistol. I'm just saying. <laughs> may or may not. Um, but yeah, like for me, it, it's built like you could buy. So, so my first AR, I basically, I, I cheated a little bit. I assembled most of it, but I did order like a complete upper. And yeah, then, that's what I did too. yeah, and I was like, okay, that's cool. And then I ended up changing all that stuff. And that, that gun is actually still my favorite gun that I own just because I think I've had more time behind that trigger, um, than any other thing. But man, there's just something about putting together your own gun. And I had a bunch of guests here in Colorado and we actually, um, we all put together a gun while we drank and <laughs> it was fun, man. Like it was just, there was just something about doing that and putting it together. There's just, there is something that I really, truly enjoy about it. And I can't do that with AKs. Like I, I want to, but sure you can. no, I, I really can't. I, I literally don't have the press required to put the new, cause I have a fax and barrel that I'm putting into my AK, but I had to take it do up to have, my gunsmith. Do you have $30? Uh, yeah, of course I got the hair money. Yeah. $30 press. That's all you need. Yeah. Dang. I just, uh, you got a little harbor freight. Go there. I don't know, man. We have a Harbor Freight here too. Maybe it's just a fear of the unknown. Maybe it's because I don't know much. I can. There's only one way to find out. I can strip an AK. No problem, but I don't know. I will say this. Or, uh, if you really want to go to the, the rifle dynamics build class. I I thought about it. I have like 
dollars $2,000, somewhere in there, and you go and you build a rifle, learn everything you need to, and you leave with a rifle. Yeah, I think that's actually probably a pretty good idea. A friend of mine invited me to go with him um, last year, and I couldn't make it. I had another travel obligation. Ryan, what were you going to say? Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. That was oh, me. Okay. Oh, sorry, yeah. Josh, go ahead. I was going to say, it's, it's you can watch YouTube and get kind of close to building it, but like uh, Tate was saying, a class would be ideal from a reputable person because there's a certain way you have to do the rivets, the heat treatment of the receiver, the way you got to put in the barrel. I mean, Sentry Arms can't even get an AK right, and they've got all the money in the world. Yeah. <laughs> right. And see, here's the thing is I can put an air together with a hammer in an hour, and I think that's yeah. I think that's a lot the difference. Uh, but I did it with 38 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Now we've got Polymer 80, which is a whole other thing, a whole other awesome thing. Like I have been – putting together those pistols like for months now and I have more Glocks now than I have just about anything else other than MMPs because I enjoy Polymer 80 so much which brings me to my next point our next advertiser is Polymer 80 it is yeah so like we just said I've enjoyed doing them Robert I'd like to hear a little bit about your experience uh, I love my polymer 80. I actually built a 940 uh, V2. I actually bought a V1 and it didn't go out. It didn't go as well as planned because on the old V1, you had to file on the sides mm-hmm. for the rail. Yeah. And that was tough. And with this metal drop in rail on the 940 V2, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I built a Glock 17 and it, it didn't take very much tooling. It was just a Dremel and some files and some sandpaper. Yeah, I yeah, agree. It's, it's pretty easy. They're fun. Uh, the, the barrier to entry is super small. Uh, I will say that the first time I did a, one of the slides, I was like, I don't even know what's happening. Uh, because we've, we've done several slides now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one, two, three, four, maybe five. And, uh, every single time it gets faster, you get a little bit better. You learn how to do this stuff. I think it is a fun project. I mean, the first time that we did it, it was funny because it was like right when YouTube started taking down the how-to videos, mm-hmm. anything gun-related. And so we're like, well, where are we going to find a video? I'm like, no, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, so it, it was a little difficult. But yeah, yeah like once you kind of realize what you're doing, and it, and that's fine. Like just with anything, take your time with it. Think about it. You know, there's no rush. And, uh, and that's also what I like about any kind of build is you can really kind of pick and choose all of your parts, but you don't have to buy everything at once. So you don't really have to sacrifice that quality over cost or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not like you have to like, okay, here you go. Here's a few thousand dollars and buy a gun. You can just kind of gradually collect the parts. And if you have, you know, if you have that control. Yeah, I totally agree. I've got, I don't know, three complete Palmer eighties with another one on the way. And I don't think they have one Glock part on the, on them. Yeah. Which is pretty great because most of those parts are coming from Polymer 80 now. So mm-hmm. go check them out. Polymer80.com. Ava, what's that code? Uh, that is gun funny and that gets you 10% off. Yep. Absolutely. We love them and they're going to be at our party at Shot Show. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Oh, and Alex is, he just requested a shirt, a gun funny shirt. He's going to wear it at Shot Show. Wasn't it pink? Yeah. He doesn't know that. <laughs> jokes on him yeah, jokes on you alex uh, we hope you like the pink <laughs> exactly ava which uh which topic should we talk about next uh let's see what about effective ways to practice with your firearm oh. dry fire or on the range 
Yeah. Or like, yeah, anything, anything that you guys have, who has something that they have an idea about? I do, I guess. Don't just practice on the nice days. Go out on a cold day. Go out when it's zero degrees. See how your stuff functions. Your AR may not function the way it will when it's hotter out. Your groups will change. Yeah, and you the, might find that wearing gloves has makes you change the way you manipulate your firearm. And the zombie apocalypse is not going to stop. Just you know, no, actually, it, it will because in winter they they won't be able to function because oh. their motor. Yeah. It'll, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so then there's no reason to do that. No, Josh, that's actually a really good point. So I actually used to be a huge proponent of frog lube. I loved it. I was like, yeah, this stuff tastes delicious. Uh, it's got less calories. <laughs> and then I actually was taking a carbine class and we were outside and it was, I don't know, seven degrees or something like that. And my gun became completely non-operational. Um, it just, it turned into a sludge and I installed it correctly. I bought a heat gun specifically for that. Uh, I let everything season exactly as you were supposed to. And it, it completely screwed my gun. I, I couldn't even take the class. Fortunately, I brought a spare with me that I hadn't frog looped and I was able to do it. But it taught me a valuable lesson like that, that you have to test everything in all the different situations that you possibly can, because how do you know if it's going to work? And it was a good learning experience. And like, I'm not mad at frog loop or anything. I just don't use it anymore because I had that experience and now I've got that knowledge. And, uh, it, it really did provide a lot of value to me, even though I couldn't use a product that I actually liked. Yeah. That was the, that was the hot thing on YouTube for a while. Yeah. And I think they've changed it since then, but you know, now I've got, I've got things that actually do work. And I've used them over a hundred degrees and definitely under 30 and they, they work just fine. So it's all this kind of part of learning. Um, one of my favorite things to do is cert pistols. I love those. And I use the LASR app with a webcam and just whatever. That's one of my favorite ways to practice. I haven't done it much for the last year, but I was just thinking the other day that I needed to dig all that out again. Cause I can literally just do it here at the office and just get 10 minutes of practice here or there. Have you guys ever used laser or any of that stuff for practice? No, no, no I've been thinking about the iTarget pro. I don't, um, I don't know if it's worth buying. I'm still kind of on the fence about buying it. I'm trying to think which, what's the one that I have in my classroom. It's those little cans, right? I think it's, it's the uh, same brand that makes those little cans laser light or something. Yeah. So I would stay away from laser light cause that okay was uh i don't know i think it was like 150 200 and it just i always had issues with it yeah it's, i think the, target pro was like 85 bucks or 100 bucks or something like that i'm trying to yeah. look that one up because i'm just not familiar with it oh, okay yeah i don't know if this is so laser light l-a-s-e-r-l-y-t-e uh we used on my other show and they were trash they just kept breaking mm-hmm. constantly it was it was like a huge problem and they're not really cheap either mm-hmm they aren't. So I'm looking at iTarget Pro. I'm not familiar with that one, but it's the same cartridge style that you put in. Uh, the yeah, big- and they said uh, you could you could put different that you could buy different size bullets. They have uh, they even have for like two two three. So I mean, it'd be for my I could get it for my rifle and my my handgun. Yeah. So for me on these, just because I usually use striker fire, and you have to basically reset the slide every time to reset the striker. I don't love them. That's why I kind of like the cert, but. I don't have the M&P cert. I just have the Glock style cert. I also have the cert AR bolt, which is, I think, 249 bucks, but you don't have to reset that either. You can just pull the trigger every time and it shines the laser. So there's no resetting it, which is kind of nice, but, but what there's is this it? price. So what is it that you practice when you're using this gun? 
Because like for me, like, okay, dry fire drills, you know, or you're practicing a mag changes or something like that. So what are you using the cert gun to practice? Like just draw from your chart or draw from your holster, pull the trigger. Yeah. Generally a lot of that quick target acquisition, uh, multiple targets, which also is a great way to simulate a moving target, which if you're in a gunfight or something like that, it's definitely going to be a, a skill that is required. But yeah, just really, you know, getting from holster to target and getting that first shot off, I think is basically the most critical thing in the universe. I saw that John Korea from active self-protection recently just said, or he recently reposted something he had posted like last year or something like that. And he talked about over 95% of real world engagements. The first person to get the shot off was usually the victor that rang true with me a whole lot because I just recently did some video training with Scott Jetlinski from modern samurai project. And that really got me thinking about time from, from just standing there being a normal dude to putting a bullet in a human being, how important that is if you actually get into some kind of lethal force encounter. So that's the kind of thing I've been practicing lately, but historically, uh, dry fire has been to help my trigger control and just to do all those other things. It's just a great way to practice. It's super cheap. How do you guys feel about that? I, and I can't find the name, but that device that tracks your movement, like, uh, it's called the Mantis X. Do you like them? Uh, I am of mixed opinion. Ava, have you used one? Mm-mm, if not. So we, we have one. They sent it to us. We went to the range. We tested a lot. This was their very, very, their very, very first version. Right. And it was just giving us absolutely wrong results. Now I've heard. From people that I trust, uh, that the new ver- newer versions are pretty great. I, I've been looking for mine. I know I've still got it. I just can't find it right now. It's probably on a gun somewhere. As soon as I find it, I'm going to download the new updates and check it out. Because I said at the very beginning, and I will still say now, once it works and once they get it right, it'll be one of the most valuable training aids that's ever been invented for firearms owners. Yeah. I kind of wish that, that um, one company makes it, but I kind of wish there was a way to get a true trigger pull, like without having to rack the slide constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's a huge problem. It's almost like I, I actually do have a traditional double action gun specifically that I bought to use with the Mantis X. I see. It was a SAR Arms B6P, so it was like 250 bucks, but it is traditional double action. So I got that trigger pull every time. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, anyone, who, who else does dry fire? Does anyone even do it? I. I do. Um, I recently started, um, uh, dry fire. Well, I do dry fire at home. I do it with the pistol and mostly, uh, the bolt action. And, um, I'm with the bolt action. I'm just trying to stay as steady as possible. And I'm trying to find a certain point somewhere and trying not to move. And, uh, with the pistol, it's, I've been doing a lot of, uh, dummy round practices like at the range as well. So at the range, I just like mix up the snap caps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to use at least five magazines because I don't have like a great memory anyway. So I'm going to forget like which order I put <laughs> them in. Yeah. Um, and I think I've talked about this before, but like I hate shooting now because <laughs> it's like every time there's like a, a snap cap, it's like a flinch. And, <laughs> and I, I feel like, uh, without the live fire, you're not going to get that because at home, I'm like, a I'm an operator, right? Everything's mm-hmm. perfect all the time, but right. at the range, it changes. Well, it's yeah. fu- it's funny that you mentioned that. Like, no matter who you are, I think I don't think that the best shooters in the world get rid of their flinch. I think that the best shooters in the world learn to adapt to their flinch. Because I'll tell you this, man: no matter who I'm at the range with, if they have a malfunction or something, you see that muzzle dip down, and everyone laughs at them and points at them and says, "Ha ha, what a loser!" 
but it's happened to me a thousand times. Like, and, and I shoot pretty well. Like I don't, I think I've just learned to adapt to my flinch more than eliminate it. But ball and dummy, like you were just mentioning, that's, I think that is one of the keys to, to becoming a good shooter because it just, you know, I don't know if it's just the, the fear of ridicule every time you flinch when, when it happens, but God, it's just so effective when you're training new shooters. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I do it all the time with my students or it's also like an effective way of teaching them how to clear malfunctions because let's say you get them to the point where they're shooting well, but then anytime their gun jams, they freak out and they're like, oh, what do I do? And they think it's just going to go off by itself. So it's just a good way to train them how to effectively clear a malfunction. Yeah, they're great. Mm-hmm. It's very humbling as well. It is, man. And, and still to this day, I swear to God, I'll get up to the line. I'll shoot a couple rounds and then, you know, the third one malfunctions. And sure enough, every single time I flinch, I don't know what the deal is, but I, I still, even to this day, have a pronounced flinch on occasion. Like today we were shooting pistol at 50 yards at mm-hmm. uh, six inch steel targets. And I was hitting a lot, but I mean, you can clearly see that's a really good indicator of the people who were flinching. Like you could see them hitting the ground in front of the steel targets and stuff. And you're like, Oh, there, there was a flinch. Great. You know, what's weird. I don't want to be like a jackass, but I don't think I've ever had a flinch. That's the one thing I I never really Dude, uh, it, had a hard time with up front. I did ball and dummy round, uh, just like thousands, thousands of them. And I still think that I have a flinch. I think that I've just learned to adapt to it. Mm-hmm. And I agree. You don't have a flinch. You're fearless. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I'm fierce. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's, I, I fully agree with her assessment of that. Like, I don't think she does have one. No, I mean, I like, there are days, like if I don't practice, if I don't go to the range for a while, cause sometimes I don't like, I'll be completely honest. Like I do enjoy shooting, but on my days off, if I, you know, like teaching and being around guns all the time, like on my days off, I don't necessarily like going to the range is not my number one idea of, of using my day off for that, I guess. <laughs> But I've noticed that if I don't shoot regularly, my shooting skills definitely go to shit. But mm-hmm. it's not because I flinch. It's just because it, of other things. It's just a perishable skill. It really it is. is. Yeah. Ava, could I ask you a question, though? Of course. When you started shooting, were you, like, did someone teach you how to, like, go about it? Or did you kind of just do it off on your own? Or was it, like, like your dad, did he teach you or your mom so my- taught you or- the first time that I shot, it was my mom and she was an instructor, but it was, it was really kind of screwed up because, uh, there was these camera guys and they wanted my mom to teach me how to shoot. They knew that I was like living in New York city at the time and they thought it would just be, you know, good for, you know, good video footage, I guess, of my mom teaching me. So she literally gave me like a quick lesson. We picked out a gun And I couldn't even rack the slider, load the magazine. So like off camera, she had to do that for me. Um, but she just gave me some like quick, like shootings, just kind of, okay, this is what you have to do. This how you have to hold the gun. And, and, um, and I was just like really good at it just from the start. Like even the camera guys, yeah, even the camera guys were just like, are you sure that you've never shot a gun? Like they didn't believe me. And, uh, and then after that, when I practiced, it was with people. I never did it. I didn't do it by myself for a while just because I was kind of afraid of guns and I don't know. And then, well, and I also started with a 22. So the oh, first nice. gun that I ever bought was a SIG Mosquito and that gun was just such crap. Like you could only put that CCI, <laughs> the high velocity, but it in a way maybe it, because it didn't have a ton of recoil, maybe that's why I never picked up that flinch. 
And that's exactly why I want to ask you because I've been shooting for years and I just took my first lesson like a few months ago and I was told that it's something I learned. Like it's a bad. Yeah, I think um, you definitely like and that's why it's so important. I think when people start shooting is to just take a class immediately before you even buy a gun. Take the class because really like what you're doing, you're already starting to build those habits and you don't want to build bad habits. 100% agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I am on the same page as well. I think that all this alpha bullshit in the firearms industry is just ridiculous. Change my mind. All right. Well, about the operators that are like (laughs) checking themselves every time they holster their firearm. Yes. And just like this, uh, everyone. Okay. I've never seen a, a bigger group of people that everyone is a type A. Everyone's a type A. Everyone's type A personality. Everyone's the, you know, the lead wolf in the wolf pack. And I I think it's stupid and ridiculous. And I think it's damaging. You can't change your mind because we all agree. (laughs) Okay. Fucking stupid. But do you maybe feel bad because you're not a type A? Hey, and you're not the leader. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you have to tell yourself. (laughs) Hey, I am a type A. I have a high point operator patch. (laughs) There you go. No, those type A people, they're, they, are really self-centered people because it's like oh look at me i'm the best like my whole point is to be low-key no one noticed me until shit hits the fan like i don't want to be you know uh, sticking out even though i'm six foot two like i'm always sticking out but i just don't want to be everyone's center of attention because if shit hits the fan i'm gonna be the first guy it's the gray man theory i fully agree yeah alpha men also speed up their instagram videos yeah (laughs) which uh, yeah (laughs) yeah we're looking at you t-rex (laughs) <laughs> that, guy, that guy's such oh my god mm-hmm. well i guess um just being in the industry there's probably going to be a lot of um operate like actual operators actual like vets and stuff and i think it takes a certain kind of personality to be that person anyway so maybe we're just more saturated by that type of personality yeah i think we are i mean and here's the thing is there's tons of vet-owned businesses but i mean the percentage of people that are actually you know, team guys that are actually out there, Delta, SEALs, shit like that. It's like a very small percentage, but, and maybe that is it. Maybe that that kind of stuff kind of proliferates its way through the industry. And because everyone looks up to other people and especially looks up to soldiers and things like that, they try to kind of encompass that. But I think it's damaging. I think it's one of the things that has chased women and minorities out of firearms for so long is that kind of look at me. I'm the leader. I'm the type A. I'm, I'm the sheepdog kind of stuff. And, I would like to see it kind of go away, which means, yeah, like a lot of the grunt style, a lot of the article 15 stuff. Like, I'm just not interested in that. Like I'm an everyday dude. I get up in the morning. I go to work. I like to shoot guns. I like to shoot them a lot. That's what I'm interested in. I'm not really interested in the other stuff. So it's basically well, like agree. the gun bunnies of the gun industry. Yeah. Well, you know, the how equivalent of it, you know, how I fucking feel about gun bunnies. Like, don't even get me started. No, tell us. No, I, I've been- <laughs> started. <laughs> Deep breath. Stay here. Take another shot. Okay. Here we go. I'm good. Okay. Yep. I- I'm not mad. You're mad. <laughs> See, the problem with people looking up to uh, like anyone like, oh, he was in the military. He can shoot like, no, no, no. There's too many desk jockeys in the military and it's a team based shooting method. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, there's not everyone's an operator in the military. Like I've, I've met a couple of PJs when I was deployed and those guys are crazy they're psychopaths i don't even talk about them but the the shooting that we were taught in a team environment it's so basic it's so boring 
that's why nobody cares about that type of shooting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that, and uh, dude, I had, uh, one of the guys who certified me for TCCC was a PJ and he was literally fucking insane. Yeah. Oh my God. I've had one cut his hand in front of my face. Like, do you think I could stop the bleeding? Like, I I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) We were drunk as shit in Baltimore. He's like, it's in the hotel hallway, just cuts his hand open. Like, you think I could stop the bleeding? Like, I'm like, dude, why did you do that? He stopped the, he stopped the bleeding though. Yeah. It's his fucking job. (laughs) And then he walked down the hallway, wiping his hand on the wall. Like, what the fuck? Wow. Fucking psycho. Uh, that's, that is amazing. What? No, but I agree. We have to be more inclusive and like people complain about, you know, gun laws and all this. And then, but when it comes down to it, when you're at the range and there's like a new guy or something, it's like this, you know, they get snobby about it or like, oh, look at that guy's gun or like, you know, and you're right, Sean. Like, I mean, we have to be more inclusive and. I think accept. the best. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, that's it. I think the best thing to do to get someone to shooting guns is not take them to a range and shoot up paper targets, but take them to a range. Don't be that alpha dude who's trying to lay down as much lead on a target as possible. Just take someone out there and blow up watermelons and apples and stuff. Basic marksmanship. Do some stupid stuff safely. Have fun. Yeah, I think have that. that's the key right there for me is have fun. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. Yeah, the whole problem with the alpha mindset is like, like you need to shoot these groups at this, but like, no, no, just take them out. Basic marksmanship, you know, motor functions, just the basics. That's where it all starts. Not like, Oh, I can shoot lead at a hundred yards in a, you know, half MOA group. No, it's basic marksmanship. Even from a bench, start them off. You know, they'll work them into it. Don't just go zero to 60. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I completely agree. Yep. Could not agree more. Ava, I think it's time to talk about our other friends. Our other friends other than our uh, internet friends? Yeah. No, these, uh, no, we've met them in person. Yeah. So they're, they're real friends. Yeah. Our real friends. Sorry guys. Oh. No. Actually, I, I guess we've met. Uh, let's see. I've, I've met Roden and Tate literally stayed at my house for a few days. So yeah, that was so awkward. I did. <laughs> that was really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We so the same bed and everything. I know. Yeah. Okay. Matador arms. Yeah. But we had a pillow between us. Okay. <laughs> did we? Those were, we call it? those weren't pillows. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it was called Savage. Uh, that's true, yes. <laughs> Matador Arms. Uh, they are our friends from the north, our Canadian mounted. I, I don't really know anything about Canada. Did you guys, do you guys follow, uh, Gun Funny's social media? I mean, you should. Like Facebook? Yeah. And did you see recently Matador Arms? They posted a picture of, uh, it was like a camo pattern AR and, uh, they had the Fury Grip on there. Yes. I don't think I did. Well, I posted just like a few days ago. Yeah. But I have to say like the Fury Grip, it really looks nice with camo. It's kind of made for it. It's like got camo reliefs cut into the grip. Yeah. Like that's the one thing. If I were to have a gun and paint it camo, I would have to go with that grip. Mm -hmm. It just like it fits it perfectly. Well, not just that, but we were actually just talking yesterday, I think, about the Fury Grip. And you said something that I thought was really interesting. Yeah, so it's it's a little bit smaller. So if you have smaller hands, I would definitely recommend it because it just gives you it's it's a lot more comfortable for me to shoot. I've noticed that like it's 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 a thinner grip than your average AR grip. Yeah, it's a good grip angle and it definitely fits Ava's hands super well. It fits mine too. Like I have no problem with it whatsoever, but she made that and I was like, "Oh yeah, you know that's actually true cuz mm-hmm. 
of course, I've got alpha man hands. Okay, um, great. But, <laughs> but, you know, for these beta small hands. So if you guys, uh, if you guys want to buy yours, go to matadorarms.com, use the code gunfunny10, that gets you 10% off. They normally sponsor our prank calls, but, uh, you know, it was Christmas. We figured we weren't going to prank anybody around the holidays. Like that would just be mean. This whole show is a prank call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> but definitely, uh, the fear grip. I've got one on one of my rifles. I love it. Ava likes it. You should check it out too. And, uh, definitely camo the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do iTunes reviews. Is it that time? Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. And we are. So we only have actually a few iTunes reviews. So guys, if you haven't left us an iTunes review or a Facebook review, please, please, please go leave us one. Uh, we do pick a winner for every show and, uh, we are kind of at the very nitty gritty of, uh, of iTunes reviews. So we're running, we're running pretty low. Well, wait, have all these people here has, has Josh and Robert and Rodin and Ryan and Tate. Have you guys all left iTunes reviews? I've left iTunes and Facebook. Holy oh, shit. wow. Facebook hasn't been written, read yet. Facebook. So. Facebook, I hate iTunes. I hate everything Apple. Android, well, Tate, I downloaded it. I left the review and then I deleted it. Boom. Why'd you delete it? Because iTunes sucks. I don't like iTunes. Okay. Yeah. But we that, need, that's what I recommend. The, but we need the iTunes review. No, he said he installed iTunes, left a review, and then uninstalled oh, it. Oh, and then he deleted it. Okay, but he still wrote a review. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Here's Tate. Take one for the team, buddy. Yeah, yeah Tate. Yeah, Tate. Buy an iPhone. Yeah. Just take it. Yeah. <laughs> iPhone is still California. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, west coast okay tate uh, look honestly he sh- he carries a usp uh you would think that he would own an iphone too <laughs> and, and, have, and have a man i'm not a hipster <laughs> no you're not a hipster yeah no not at all <laughs> no, you just... guys are giving me shit about being a hipster and joshua's over there it's like oh i carry a macro i did i know <laughs> so i actually was gonna say something yeah i was too and then i was like oh, i don't want to be that mean to him <laughs> Uh, that's actually a very, very good but point. But I also will say, like, Josh has some pretty cool guns. Yeah, I like the scary, crazy ones. The Uzis, AKs. G3. Yeah, because you're, you're always posting pictures on, uh, on Patreon. Have you or, shot? And videos and stuff. And I'm like, dang, he, he has, like, a nice collection. Yeah. Have you ever shot a real G3? No, uh, you mean like a full auto variant? Yeah. No, uh, I don't think I could. <laughs> it, it's glorious. All right, read the iTunes review, Sean. Stop bragging. (laughs) Humble brag. All right, fun and easy says five stars. Great show. Ava and Sean have such an easy relationship with each other. Okay. Yeah, right. Get the fuck out of here. We fucking fight all the time. Plus, they drink while podcasting. That helps. That they, I'm drunk right now. That they set each and every guest at ease. Are we setting you guys at ease? Have you guys been at ease? (laughs) We're stressed now. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) The guests can relax and just be real in themselves. Showing the listeners how much they care for the firearms industry and that they want to share and spread the burning passion to everyone. Oh, wait, that's Sean that likes to spread the burning sensation. Oh, jeez. He must have had a sleepover at your house. I was young and needed Tate, the is this you? <laughs> it is Tate. <laughs> Sorry about your beehole. Anyway, it is amazing to hear about all the passionate manufacturers out there and the incredible technology and research and development that goes into the real good suppressor, really good suppressors. Uh, the prank calls are always fun, are all always fun. And God, I'm so drunk. I can't even see straight. And while I'm sure there are not so nice people out there, it is comforting to hear how many gun store employees are willing to help how they can. I've enjoyed each show and play the podcast as soon as it downloads. And dude, I could not agree more about the like people that we freaking prank call. They're Mm -hmm. so nice. Yeah. Uh, Out of all the prank calls we've done. So what, like 71 prank calls now? I think there's been two that were jerks. Yeah. One of them was my dad. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, we should prank him again. <laughs> we should. He totally wouldn't even remember. Nope. Uh, what are you guys going to prank call IO Inc.? Oh, God. That's like that's like picking on the special kid. <laughs> Please do it. Please do it. Oh, I will, and I'll ask him about high points. And be super mean. <laughs> we have an idea for a prank call that we came it's up with so at dinner funny. the other night. It's going to be hilarious. We, we can barely talk about it without laughing. Yeah, I can't wait to do that one, but I need to be drunk. Yeah, so it'll probably be episode 73 of the <laughs> Perfect. Uh, let's see. Big 1474 forward slash left perin dollar sign left perin semicolon says five stars. Great show. Love the show. Nice mix of competition and general knowledge. Didn't think I'd like the prank calls at first, but they keep getting better. The more uncomfortable Sean gets, the better. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys like the prank calls? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Balthazar. Give us like more Balthazar. Uh, I hate Balthazar. <laughs> I hate him too. But it's great. Uh, hold on. How do I even do about Balthazar? Uh, let me, let me get into the, let me get into the character. Just think about black and, you know, kittens. Hello, this is Balthazar. God. (laughs) Fucking chills got the spine. Tate, Tate, you're named after my favorite body part. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, yeah. All right. Read the third review. This one's my favorite. Look, the only time that I get uncomfortable is when we have like real legit guests on like two lamb and I'm like fucking the dumbest guy ever. Yeah. (laughs) We have like, we have like a legit operator in the studio with us. Literally, in my opinion, one of the most accomplished warfighters on this planet. And he's sitting in the studio right next to me. I'm fucking talking (laughs) about my hemorrhoids or something. (laughs) It's so great. Next, uh, next review, and I'm pretty sure this one is made up. Girls and Guns, five stars. Ava's my favorite. Love Ava. That is all. <laughs> it's probably a boy that wrote that. Yeah. Ava that did that shit. Yeah. It's probably that bartender from the other night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about it. No, that's hey, fine. Maybe yeah. we should. No. Maybe everybody else wants to know. I don't drink cheap wine, okay? I mean, look. I'm just letting people know. Box wine is not cheap wine anymore. There's some really good box wine out there. I did hear it was improving, but I don't know about really good. Your definition of really good, my definition of really good. I think it's, you know. Well, I'm drinking the snake whiskey right now. It's, yeah. I stopped drinking that like a long time ago. Your cup has you, definitely gotten a little bit smaller there. I mean, yeah, because it's in desperate times, right? There's nothing else to drink around here. No, there is. There's a full fridge of alcohol. So even if the whiskey comes in a bottle with a cork... And a snake, <laughs> and the bottom looks like a shotgun shell. I, I actually kind of like it. It's okay. Yeah. If you get drunk enough, your taste buds also get drunk. It's 90 proof. I like it. Let's wrap this shit up. First oh, wait. Off. We got to pick a winner. Oh, it's clearly fun and easy. Why do you say that? Well, it's definitely not the last one. And I mean, the other guy likes me being uncomfortable. And this guy said that I have uh, gonorrhea, and that's true. So. All right, fine. To the guy who knows Sean so well. Yeah, fun and easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you win. If that was your review, send us a message on social media or how do they yeah, do it? Yeah, social media. Yeah, do That's that funny. and we'll we'll send out a prize pack. It'll it'll be fun. All right, so if people want to find the show, if they want to find the social media, all that stuff, where do they go? Gunfunny.com. That is true. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Twitter. You can subscribe to the show. It's got links everywhere. And that's all. Gunfunny.com. And if you guys are going to buy anything from Gun Mag Warehouse, Brownells, even Amazon, Palmetto State Armory, uh, Rainier Arms, mm-hmm. 
If you want to support us, a really easy way to do that is just go to gunfunny.com forward slash support us. Click on those links and then whatever you buy, we actually get a, a percentage of. I think it's just gunfunny.com slash support. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're the IT guy. Yeah. So that's what it is. So uh, definitely if you do that and click it, we get credit for the sale. That's pretty awesome. If you want to support us even more though. Yeah. Patreon. And uh, I mean, uh, I'd like guys- to hear from you guys uh, is being a Patreon of Gun Funny Fun. It is. Hell yeah. It's All awesome. Yeah. Well All right. worth it. I'm like, well, don't sound so fucking excited about it. Jesus. <laughs> they did. They were like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> John, you just I kicked me. Show. We're on the podcast. Can't hey. get better than that. Hi, mom. <laughs> exactly. Mom, look at me. I'm not a loser. <laughs> Wait. I, well. I almost deleted my Facebook and then I became a gun funny member of Patreon. And then I was like, oh, I better keep it because these guys are pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> nice. That is awesome. It is good. Good stuff. And, and most of you guys have actually been patrons for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Been, oh. it's actually been pretty quite a while. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're always having fun. Like, don't, I wouldn't recommend joining if you get easily offended. Cause sometimes th- some of the stuff could be offended and, and some of the stuff on there is fake. Like, I really did not get, I really didn't order a vibrator the other day. I, that, that was fake. That was actually, I ordered that. Yeah, that was actually totally staged. <laughs> but, but it's for a trophy. But uh, everybody was messaging me and they're like, oh my gosh, did that really happen? Because I thought when we were, it'd be funny when we were opening up our secret Santa gifts because, you know, it didn't have a return address. If I acted like, you know, I was sent a secret Santa gift, but it ended up being a vibrator that I actually ordered. But I really didn't order it. It really wasn't mine. It was staged. Mm-hmm. But I'm that great of an actress that, Okay. You're, you're trying really hard to make your case. Away. Yeah, dude. I was <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and so what I'm just saying is like, yeah. it wasn't mine. Okay, guys. It just wasn't mine. Uh-huh. Unless uh-huh. that thing was CGI. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you'll see that again. Uh, it's on a trophy that is being sent to somebody who ordered something. Yeah. So you will see it's not mine. <laughs> you will see it uh, again very soon. Uh, but yeah, become a Patreon, gunfunny.com. You can click on the Patreon link or patreon.com slash gunfunny is an easy way to get there as well. That actually really does help out the show. It helps us do a lot of things. One of the most important things I think is the editor that we've been able to hire. Mm-hmm. First, it it makes the show better, and Kenny Ortega does a fantastic job. So I want to thank him. And I also want to thank our twenty five dollar patrons. We actually have one of our twenty five dollar patrons here. That that is true. So the the names of those people, Ava, Corbin Bonafide, mm-hmm. Iraq veteran eight 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 Charger Arms, mm-hmm. also AKA Adam Balzer. Ball. Ball what? Balzer. Mm-hmm. He just had two of his friends join. Yeah, I saw that. Patron recently. Uh, police just went to shit. Uh, Ryan Morrison, who's in the building. Yeah, Ryan Morrison. And, and then his best friend? His little buddy, Jon Snow. Absolutely. I was hoping actually John was going to join us. What'd you say, Ryan? I said he could not be with us today, unfortunately. Uh, dang. Yeah. He's, he's probably been, he's probably in your closet. He's but pro- probably yelling at people on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and then our king of the Patreon is still 2A Jewels. Yeah. And here's the thing. King of the Patreon is whoever gives the most uh, to the Gun Funny Show via Patreon every single month. It could be you. Uh, it could be any of you. And I think it's at 76 bucks to outbid them right now. But one of the things you get is we will say any message that you want us to, whether it's advertise a business insult Ava, whatever it happens to be. Okay. Two A Jules is pretty damn awesome. We actually had him on a recent episode and love the dude, love all the stuff he's making. You had some, something yeah. cool. So he actually, I forgot to ask him what we should say on this show. So I'm just going to do a little ad here. Uh, 
for Christmas, I actually did get the rose gold necklace. In 224 Valkyrie. I did, yeah. And that was a nice surprise because I have, I actually have the exact same necklace in silver and gold and, you know, you name it, I've got it. But now I got the rose gold. Yep. And it's got the got your six diamond in it. Uh huh. Yep. So pretty cool. Really pretty stuff. Check out 2A Jewels on Facebook. Their website is coming soon. And again, patreon.com slash gunfunny to become a Patreon. And first off, uh, or last off, I should say, uh, thank you guys, uh, Josh, Robert, Roden, Ryan, and Taint. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you. Oh, sorry. It's tater tot. I'm sorry. I just I got, got, got confused for a little bit sexualized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys. So thank you so much for joining us. It's, uh, it's uh, always a pleasure. Yeah. And I want to give you guys, la- yeah, I want to give you guys last words. So Josh, any last words of the, of 2018? Everybody else get their shit together. <laughs> yep, there you go. I like it. Robert, last words. Become a Patreon. Boom. Roden. Yeah, become a Patreon. Get your ass here. Ryan? Lick my taint. Okay. <laughs> wow, you own taint. <laughs> Maybe. Wow. And Tate, you get the final word of 2018 oh, on what? Gun Funny. Hashtag Gun is life. <laughs> that's that's great. Kenny, edit that shit out. <laughs> we'll see you guys in 2019. Want to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.